Welcome to the Mo Sports Podcast, number 73, for the 2nd of November, 2021, Center, with your host, Dr. David Overby. The Center Cannot Hold, and you're listening to the Mo Sports Podcast. Greetings, everyone. This is the Mo Sports Podcast, recorded on the 1st of November, 2021, and I am your host, Dr. Dave Overby. Adem Bona is the latest highly touted sinner to spurn UK in favor of another top national program in college basketball. That is Adem Bona picking UCLA over Kentucky. His decision follows that of Derek Lively II to pick Duke over Kentucky. It was originally speculated that Lively would be the culminating piece to Kentucky's recruiting class for 2022, Um, but that's not going to happen. And uh, neither is the backup plan to get Adem Bona. And so now the question is, the center cannot hold, Kentucky can't hold on to the center. Who is going to fill that spot? And anyone who saw the exhibition game on uh, Friday, Kentucky versus Kentucky Wesleyan, uh, saw that same problem. Uh, Kentucky does have a center in Oscar Schwebe, but Schwebe was limited to 17 uh, minutes of action because he is recovering from a hip injury. But only 17 minutes for what is really the only center and the only real inside force for Kentucky uh, seems like we're maybe not even really to the recovery stage. Like the the guy is still uh, injured and trying to work his way back into playing shape. Now, no doubt going into next Tuesday's opening season tilt against Duke in Madison Square Garden, uh, Kentucky is going to need a healthy, energetic, 100% ready-to-go Oscar Schwebe. So the problem that we see developing for Kentucky basketball is it's 0 for 2 on the big-time centers for next year. That is, again, uh, Adem Bona picking UCLA over Kentucky today, and uh, that follows from a week or two ago, Derek Lively II picking Duke, who, again, Kentucky plays in nine days uh, over Kentucky. What's the center situation going to be for next year? And what's the center situation going to be for this year if Schwebe uh, is not going to be 100%? Certainly with this game approaching fast right around the corner, um, that is a big uh, question mark. Regardless of what Schwebe's status is that he's going to be 100% ready to go. I guess we'll get some sense of that when Kentucky has uh, another scintillating exhibition game against Miles College. I'm sure that that'll really uh, push uh, Kentucky to to the limits. Then again, I guess you really don't want to push it too hard before you you play Duke. Um, But we'll see if uh, Schwebe plays more than the 17 minutes. Now, he might get some rest because it's a chance to get other people some playing time. Uh, And uh, you don't want to push any of your uh, top people too much because uh, they're going to 
definitely uh, be pushed to the limit in the showdown with Duke uh, on Tuesday. But even uh, if Shuibe is 100% foul trouble and game situations, who else does Kentucky have on its front line? And uh, that was the big question mark coming out of the exhibition game against uh, Kentucky Wesleyan. So the good news is Kentucky puts up 95 points. And for a team that was so horrible last year, going 9-16, and 16, uh, the obvious problem was pathetic offense. Can't shoot, certainly can't hit any threes, again, and uh, always bogging down uh, one way or another. And, of course, the one player that Kentucky had, who is a lights-out offensive player and a pretty good college basketball player, although probably not a lottery pick in waiting, is uh, Dante Allen, the Pendleton County, Kentucky product, who was the last scholarship player to check into the game against Kentucky Wesleyan. And this tells us predictably, though uh, sadly, that John Calipari is phasing Allen out. He made up his mind long ago uh, that Allen was not going to be uh, a prominent part of the team, even though he temporarily seemed to save Kentucky's season when he had that incredible game against Mississippi State, hitting seven three-pointers. The best three-point shooting we've seen from an individual player uh, from Kentucky uh, in years. Uh, the only other game that uh, comes to mind was Emmanuel quickly going for eight three-pointers against uh, Texas A&M. Um, but quickly wasn't rescuing the whole team. He just had a really good game that particular game. But really for the entire SEC slate of the schedule, Emmanuel quickly shot the lights out for Kentucky. But the problem is, and then this really came to the fore uh, the following year, the pandemic year, and of course, unfortunately, this is another pandemic year, but for the 2020-2021 season, um, and this has been consistent with Calipari's teams uh, really just about the whole time that he's been here, is that it's one player who does the three-point shooting. And that's been a problem with the way Calipari coaches because regardless of what you want to say about um, how players may do during the regular season, here is the deal. In Kentucky's last two NCAA tournament appearances – in 2018-2019, Kentucky has been 27.9% from three-point range. And in the two games that ended Kentucky's season, Kentucky was outscored 46-24 to from the three-point line combined in those two games. That is getting outscored uh, by Kansas State from the three-point line by, let's see, what would this have been? been. Uh, Kansas State was 9 of 22, and Kentucky was 3 of 12. Pathetic percentage, not nearly enough makes. So, let's see, if I'm not mistaken, 27 um, minus 12, right? And I believe that's going to be getting outscored by 15 points. You get outscored by 15 points from the three-point line, you lose the game by three. Well, there you go. 
Kentucky held Kansas State to 61 points and lost because they couldn't score. And yes, I know P.J. Washington missed a lot of free throws, but that's another problem with the John Calipari style of basketball. The worst problem of all, of course, is that it just won't change. Like, even if it doesn't work, even if there are glaring areas that need to be addressed, need for improvement, eh, this is how we play. We don't shoot a lot of threes. That's right. And you don't win anymore either, John. Like, 9-16, and 16, that's one of the worst basketball teams in the country. And that should never be in the same sentence with Kentucky. Right? That, that shouldn't even come close to happening. But here's the interesting thing. Um, well, we'll get to this point in a second about what Adem Bona said about picking UCLA over Kentucky. But it's basically that Bona does not see Kentucky as a place uh, that is going to get him anywhere or let him have the kind of success that, that he wants to. But we just talked about that Kansas State-Kentucky uh, game. What was the game in 2019 that ended Kentucky season? Well, that would have been the Kentucky-Auburn game. And again, Kentucky gets outscored from the three-point line. Auburn had seven makes. Kentucky had five. So that's seven times three, 21. Five times three is 15. That's six. And then uh, you add the uh, six to the 15, and you get uh, the the uh, the 21 points. So Kentucky has gotten outscored. Kentucky has been outscored by the combined 24 points from the three-point line in those two games that ended their season. So if you want to quit losing in the NCAA tournament and you want to start winning these big games not just games, but big games like regional finals and national championships, then quit getting outscored from the three-point line. And enough with this garbage offense where people can't shoot. It's Kentucky basketball. They've always had shooters. I've watched Kentucky basketball my whole life, and I know that players can hit outside shots. And those are the teams that win. Think about your recent Kentucky teams that have been the national championships, that have been the national champions. Uh, The 96 team, they could score like crazy. They could shoot the lights out. Tony Delk, Derek Anderson. Delk had the seven threes against Syracuse. Uh, The the, uh, 98 team, it was all of those three-pointers that brought Kentucky back from down 71 to 54 with just over nine and a half minutes ago to beat Duke. That team was an excellent shooting team, especially by the end of the year when uh, Jeff Shepard got hot. 25-point game on the road against Auburn. Shepard could really shoot it. Cameron Mills, that guy shot 70% from three-point range in the 1997 um, NCAA tournament. That team and the 98 champions had... Scott Padgett, he could really shoot. 2012, probably the second best uh, shooting team that John Calipari had because you had Doran Lamb, who was, uh, for the two years he was at Kentucky, a 46% three-point shooter. And Darius Miller, uh, who shot the ball very well, had a bit of a slump toward the end of the year, but had uh, maybe the biggest shot of the game when he hit a three-pointer from the right wing to elevate Kentucky's lead 
to 58 to 51 uh, with about eight minutes to go in that national semifinal against Louisville. So the point has to be made over and over until uh, it starts to get through, and it's either it's not going to be addressed by Calipari, but it's got to be addressed by the so-called sports media, which are really just a propaganda machine, and just want to uh, kiss up to uh, Calipari and make him look good because um, the money people have decided he's worth Calipari is worth nine million dollars a year, and so it's off limits. You can't really just. Uh, berate this guy for what a poor job he's done and this completely inexplicable um, joke of a three-point offense. So let's bring it back to the Kentucky-Kentucky Wesleyan game. Dante Allen is the last scholarship player off the bench. Dante Allen is a quintessential uh, three-point shooter. He's a, he's a shooter, and that a shooter is a type of basketball player, just like a big man is, just like a point guard is. And then you have your people who can shoot. And it's the most important thing to have on your team. And it's clear that Calipari has just decided that uh, this guy, that's what he does, isn't going to be there. The same thing happened to Quade Green. Same thing happened to Jamal Baker. Same thing happened to Kyle Wilcher. Um, but what was that other point? Oh, yeah, like it's always the one player who, who shoots the three. So in 2019-2020, it was quickly. year before that, it was zero. Uh, 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 the uh, year before that, uh, that would have been uh, Quade Green was, was the three-point shooter. Or really, you could just say no one really filled that role. But then uh, season before that, it's Malik Monk. Season before that, it's Jamal Murray season before that, it should have been Devin Booker, who's only turned out to be one of the best NBA players ever, but uh, Booker played the fewest minutes of uh, any of the uh, team in that loss to Wisconsin, and how many did uh, three-pointers did Devin Booker attempt in that game? None! Like, one of the best three-point shooters on the planet, one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA, got his team all the way to the NBA Finals last year. You're playing for a national championship. It's the national semifinal game. Calipari couldn't get him open for one three-pointer. Andrew Harrison made a three-pointer to start the game for Kentucky. This was a minute into the game. Harrison, Andrew Harrison, hit a three from the top of the key, but Kentucky had three to nothing. For the rest of that game, for the rest of the 39 minutes of that game, Kentucky attempted four more three-pointers for the whole game. And for the game, they made three of five. You've got a team that can shoot, and you're playing to go to the national championship game and just win one more game, and you've done it. And with that team, with with Devin Booker, with Aaron Harrison, who was 50% the year before with those game winners against... Wisconsin, Michigan, and Louisville. It's it's just incredible how somebody can be so um, zoned out and just out of touch with the game of basketball, and yet uh, we're going to just call him a Hall of Fame coach and uh, never bother to, to criticize him for the way that he plays. Uh, but it's not going to be uh, Dante Allen. He's really not going to be part of the team. Now, you look at Kentucky's three-point shooting in this game, it was 11 of 29, which is perfectly good. It's uh, it's not outstanding, but it isn't horrible. 
and um, you've got to look at the number of makes as well. Those uh, 11 makes, that's more what you really need uh, to be able to do consistently if you're going to be an offensive machine. And offensive machines win in basketball because it's a high-scoring game. What was the national championship last year, 2021? It was Baylor versus Gonzaga. Baylor led the nation in three-point percentage. Gonzaga led the country in scoring. There you go. And they wind up being in the national championship game. And Baylor won, and Baylor shot the lights out from three-point range, 10 out of 23, the 10 makes. But here's the thing to be worried about. Kentucky had 11 makes, and who had four of them? Keon Brooks Jr., who is a career 23.4% three-point shooter. So it is difficult to think you, you can rely on Keon Brooks Jr. being your leading three-point maker and that he's going to give you those uh, four makes. It's a, You could say it's kind of fool's goal. On the other hand, a player like Dante Allen, who has proven that he can not only make them in the game, but can make them when the pressure's on. Like He can put the team on his back and be like, watch this. And no, he's not a robot. He, he misses sometimes. But unlike all these other people who can't shoot, even from two-point range, for some reason it matters when the three-point shooters miss. Um, but Dante Allen isn't going to be in there. So the question then becomes, uh, who is going to give you some three-point offense? That guy is going to be Ty Ty Washington, who was three for three, um, on on threes, no doubt about it, this guy is going to be really good. And in terms of the talent and uh, and personnel, Washington is the one player who we think is definitely going to make Kentucky better than what they were last year. But by himself, it's not going to be enough, especially if there is a question in the middle. Will Schwebe be healthy? And even if he is, there just isn't any kind of depth. Calipari, of course, the very first thing that he had to talk about after the exhibition game was he's worried about defense. He's worried about interior defense. So you better play uh, interior defense if you're Kentucky. So I guess this uh, also applies to a severe Wheeler, who is uh, looks like he's going to be the, the point guard. And... Uh, Well, the thing about Wheeler is that he's a career 24% three-point shooter, including 23% last year when he was at Georgia. And it's amazing that if you're coming off a 9-16 season and the problem was you couldn't shoot and your offense sucked, then why is your big brain idea, the $9 million brain, the $9 million Calipari brain says, let me put the ball in the hands of of a 23% three-point shooter. And that's how we're going to really turn things around. Now, Davion Mintz can make them, and Mintz had some playing time, and uh, and he looked uh, he looked pretty good. Uh, and it was encouraging uh, that multiple uh, Kentucky shooters uh, made three-pointers. Uh, there was Allen, and uh, there was uh, Mintz, uh, there was Brooks, and there was uh, Washington, and uh, I believe there were a couple of more uh, who, oh yes, uh, Kellen Grady um, made one uh, toward the end of the game. And Wheeler made one. 
And so I know that it seems like the way Calipari thinks about it is there's no such thing as a good shooter and there's no such thing as a bad shooter. It's all about these other things that you uh, you protect the rim and you block shots and you play defense and you rebound. And then the shots, sometimes they go in and sometimes they don't. And that just is not true. I mean, there's a, again, those think about those statistics about Gonzaga and Baylor, and then think about the fact that they're the two teams that meet for the national championship. And yes, we know that teams that win the national championship and go to the Final Four also rank highly in defensive categories. But the crucial thing to understand is that they also are really good on offense. And there are other teams out there that are good at defense, and their offense isn't that good, and that's why they never go anywhere. Uh, They're either good enough to be one of the many teams that go to the NCAA tournament, uh, but they're never good enough to start getting over the hump and winning those big pressure games. And it's almost always because the shots don't fall when you you really need them. Um, So of the people that hit threes for Kentucky in the uh, exhibition game, Brooks and Wheeler, uh, you can't count on them. Now, Maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. And these players have really uh, improved on on the threes. Brooks did look pretty good. And it would be great to think uh, this guy can do it. And, I mean, let's say if he had been a career 33% shooter and you say he's really gotten better and he's locked in now. But, wow, 23.4%. Usually the people who uh, consistently really light it up are never that low um, whatever year along uh, they may be. Uh, but Ty Ty Washington is a terrific player. Very good thing that he wound up picking uh, Kentucky, transferring from Creighton. Yeah, he's got it all a bit reminiscent of a Brandon Knight uh, type of guard. Um, by the way, let's go back to um, uh, Doran Lamb, who was Knight's backcourt mate for that 2011 team. And... Um, well, let's see here. Uh, as a freshman, Lamb shot 48% from three-point range. The next year, 44%. Career, 46% three-point shooter. That's your shooting guard for two years. What happens with those two teams, coach? They go to the Final Four, and the 2012 team wins the national championship. And who hit three three-pointers for the game, including back-to-back three-pointers in the second half when Kansas was making a bit of a run, Doran Lamp. So if you want to win, you need to find some people that knock it down. And you've got to play them. Again, we're talking about Dante Allen here. And Mintz can can shoot it. And uh, Kelly uh, Kellen Grady looked uh, a little bit uncomfortable, understandable. The graduate transfer from Davidson... First game uh, in Rupp Arena, a lot of expectations. But he does look like a good player. I mean, he definitely knows how to operate on the floor. And the three that he finally got to go down uh, late in the game looked pretty good. So we have the three pretty reliable three-point shooters. C.J. Frederick is going to be mending and getting back in there. uh, And we'll see how he does. Um, But... The three-point shooting, from based on what we've seen so far, is uh, it's still suspect because you have to wonder about Brooks 
and you can't count on Wheeler, and Dante Allen just isn't going to play. On top of that, there's the Schwebe question, and that's part of the larger question of the, the hole in the center, that Kentucky cannot hold on to the center, uh, again, to make the uh, Yates reference that we did at the top of the show. So we may as well just go ahead and get into it uh, with what's going to happen Tuesday, the November the 10th, when uh, Kentucky meets Duke to start the, the year. Duke is going to score. Duke is going to knock down some threes. Mike Krzyzewski doesn't care about how many three-pointers his teams uh, make or if the first six shots that Duke takes are all threes, which was uh, what Calipari was concerned about. Um, we don't shoot a lot of threes. And uh, so um, Kentucky is going to have to score uh, to beat Duke, which is the object of the game, which is to win the game. Of course, it wasn't that long ago. I know Kentucky fans don't want to think about it. But when these two teams met um, to open the season in 2018, in uh, 2018, uh, you, could, you could see it as uh, arguably really – uh, foretelling of what was going to come, uh, what would it be, uh, two years later with Kentucky going 9-16. and 16, uh, Duke just destroyed Kentucky from the get-go. And it doesn't really make any sense in terms of, well, Calipari's always got a new team, and they're all freshmen, and he's got to teach all these uh, guys and whatever the stuff it is that he's had on autopilot stop, rewind, play for years now, the same thing over and over again. They're freshmen, they're freshmen, and by the way, they're freshmen. Um, but it was, what, uh, Barrett and then um, uh, Zion Williamson and then uh, the uh, the really good uh, shooting guard. The, the, I mean, the top three guns for Duke uh, were all freshmen, first-year players, so the whole freshman, young team, tur- you know, turnover of players. Who cares? That obviously didn't matter. Duke was ready to play. Kentucky wasn't. Duke was aggressive. Kentucky wasn't. And Duke could shoot and, and hit threes. And Kentucky couldn't. Uh, and that Duke game, you have to you have to think about because that's one of the best teams that you're going to play all year. That really tells you who you are. And Kentucky fans, well, it was early, and uh, that was the first game of the year. And so, uh, but we got better, and then... Uh, uh, we almost got to the Final Four, right? Almost got to the Final Four, but didn't. Played poorly. Only had 60 points in regulation uh, in that Auburn game. And then the year before against Kansas State, it's 58, right? So you're losing. You're not even getting to 60 points. Again, what's the problem offense? How come you can't score? You can't shoot. You can't make threes. You just can't rack up the points. And that's basically what basketball is, is you're racking up the points, you're putting the ball in the basket, and at the end of the game, the team with the most points wins. Um, and I, there was some ridiculous quote from uh, Caleb Perry. No, it wasn't a quote, but it was a it was a line from a, a reporter uh, that went something along the lines of uh, uh, the uh, reporter was paraphrasing Caleb Perry as saying something to the effect as, you have to be careful about trying to outscore the other team in order to win. <laughs> the only way you can win is to outscore the other team. If you get outscored, you lose. Like you can get out rebounded and win. You can have more turnovers than the other team and still win. You can have fewer block shots, fewer steals. You can still win. But if you get outscored, you lose. You can't win. And of course, the it was a 
uh, a clumsy uh, interpretation of the idea that just trying to outscore your opponent isn't a, is a risky way to, to try to win. But if you if you're trying to win with a team that can't score, then it's not just uh, risky; it's forlorn. Like you're you're doomed. Like you definitely will lose if you can't score uh, in, uh, in in basketball. But then, uh, so the whole the uh, you can't score, and the excuses made about Duke is we're young, we're freshmen. It was the first game of the year. But then, flash forward. Uh, I'm sorry, fast forward to the uh, middle of February uh, when um, Ashton Hagen's got badly outplayed by Jordan Bone at the point, and Kentucky lost 71 to 52. And again, look at these scores, right? Just a horrible offensive game, uh, lots of turnovers. Kentucky couldn't execute in the half court, so those are bookends. That was probably Kentucky's um, second toughest game of of the of the season, or the, their second really tough test of the year. Opening game against Duke, and now going into Knoxville to play a really good Tennessee team that uh, a lot of people had picked uh, for the Final Four. Uh, but that was a conference schedule. That was definitely Kentucky's toughest game, going to Knoxville and play the Volunteers. And one may remember Tennessee again beat Kentucky in the uh, SEC tournament uh, semifinals. Uh, Kentucky blew a lead late, and then Tennessee went on to win it. Of course, Auburn blew out Tennessee. Auburn winds up beating uh, Kentucky. Um but you can't you can't score, and then the these excuses are uh, bogus because they're not the real problem. The real problem is the offensive talent isn't there, and the coach can't coach offense and isn't going to change the way that, that he does things. Um, let's talk about the gruesome loss in Starkville uh, for Kentucky football, losing thirty-one to seventeen. Final score doesn't look that bad. But from the early second quarter until the early fourth quarter, Mississippi State outscored Kentucky 31 to nothing. And if you want to understand how important the position of quarterback is in the game of football, compare the quarterbacks. Mississippi State's Will Rogers, 36 of 39, 344 yards, one touchdown, no interception. Will Levis had three interceptions and threw for less than half of the yards that Rodgers threw for. Levins was 17 of 28 for 150 yards. And the, the three interceptions uh, were really bad, but it was a sequence toward the end of the first half that just said it all about how Mark Stoops has clearly taken Kentucky football as far as he can. They're not going to be any better than this. And yes, they're better than they were uh, under Joker Phillips, but Kermit the Frog would have made Kentucky better than they were under Joker Phillips. And here's the thing. With that loss against Mississippi State, uh, Mark Stoops has now tied Bill Curry, definitely a major low point um, for Kentucky uh, football there back in the, in the 90s. Man, early, mid-90s. And then um, for most losses at Kentucky. So Stoops has been mediocre with the one really good year in uh, in 2018. And the hopes were that this was going to be a special year. But boy, oh boy, we now know for sure that that Florida win was not what we thought it was at the time. That was not a win over a top-10 team. That was a win over a team that's bad and getting worse. And uh, uh, Florida just completely imploded 
against Georgia at the end of the first half. Ten to nothing, Georgia gets a score, and then that crazy pick six that if you're going to throw a lateral pass, it's got to be a quick hitter. That ball was in the air way too long, and um, a terrific Georgia secondary snatched it up and in the end zone, and just like that, game's over. Dan Mullen is gone. Don't, don't kid yourself. This is Florida. They're big time. They've won uh, two national championships, or I think uh, uh, maybe even three, 96, 2006, 2008. They're serious about it, and uh, Mullen's gone, and it's the smirk on Mullen's face after Florida blows a makeable field goal, and then a smile at the end of the Kentucky game when they lost to Kentucky. That just It doesn't seem like Mullen is obsessed with winning the way, I don't know, Nick Saban is. Like when Alabama misses a field goal, Saban is furious. Alabama can be ahead by 35 points, and if there's a false start on a first and goal, Saban loses his mind. I mean, when the game is going on, Saban wants to win. And I, I don't think that uh, uh, Saban is uh, uh, cantankerous. Uh, many times he's encouraging, and he's uh, very smart, I think, just as a person. But when he's talking about football, you can tell that these are this is a, a thoughtful person who is speaking uh, directly to what has happened and the, the situation that he's discussing, rather than just trolling out lines and repeating the same thing over and over, uh, the way the $9 million Calipari brain does. Uh, but Mullen just doesn't show the disposition uh, to be uh, the coach of a powerhouse. And so the call here is that Mike Leach is going to be the next Mississippi State coach to wind up at Florida. And uh, as long as Mark Stoops remains at Kentucky, uh, the quarterback play is just not going to be there because Stoops uh, just doesn't come to grips with how important the quarterback position in football is. It's the most important position. Think about your Super Bowl champions. And many times they have the best quarterback in the league. could be Brady, could be uh, Aikman, it could be uh, Brett Favre, Joe Montana, uh, from the uh, from the 80s um, so you've got to you've got to have the really good quarterback and unfortunately this guy um, uh, Levis just uh, isn't doing it but that sequence at the end of the uh, the first half uh, Levis has a wide open Josh Ali streaking down the right sideline and uh, overthrows him and a good quarterback, a good, solid quarterback, that is no problem. Boom, touchdown, Kentucky's ahead. Overthrows uh, Levis, and then two plays later, forces it and throws an interception. And that's where you know you really have a quarterback problem. Uh, it's bad enough that, that the a clear touchdown is blown by overthrowing the wide-open uh, receiver. But then the blow... The three points that would have still made it a one-point game uh, with the with the uh, interception, and then there was an interception in the third quarter that led to yet another Mississippi State touchdown. So you, that's a 14-point swing uh, right there. Kentucky has a chance this coming Saturday to beat Tennessee back-to-back seasons for the first time since 1976-1977. We want it to happen. But it's just very difficult to see happening. I mean, Kentucky is really slumping. And those, what looked like big wins at the time over Florida and LSU, uh, LSU is down. Ed Ogeron has made an agreement to be leaving after the end of this year. 
and Florida is just down the tubes. Uh, real quick, World Series November is too late to be playing baseball, but it's going to be Game Six. Uh, Braves had a four to nothing lead over the Astros in the first inning, uh, but the uh, Astros' life uh, bats came to life. They wound up winning that game nine to five. But we picked it uh, Braves in six, and so uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, stay safe. Uh, please get vaccinated. If you have not, and thank you for listening. Look for us on the Most Sports Podcast Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash mopod.mosports. As always, we want to give a big shout out to our friends and colleagues at the IFPR studios. You've been listening to the Most Sports Podcast. Find Dr. Overby's extended game analysis and philosophical ponderings on Facebook at facebook.com slash mopod.mosports. On Twitter, we're at mosportso. And there's a poorly upkept webpage of episodes at psychicreform.com slash mosports. But we don't recommend relying on it. The webmaster is lazy. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or the RSS feed available at all the places. Join us next week for another installation of the Most Sports Podcast, your source for intelligent analysis of sports. Sporty sports sports.